right, uh, well, my name is Laura, if you haven't met me before, and it is a privilege to be here chatting with you on a Friday night. Um, first thing I'd like to do is a huge shout out to our year 12 students in the room. Woo! You guys have officially finished your classes for the year. Can I have you stand up? Stand up. Stand up. Woo! Friends. Woo! Friends, you have worked so hard to get here. And we are so incredibly proud of you. Keep up the pace. Your English exam is next week. Um, and I'd really like for us to pray for you now as a youth. So if we can close our eyes, bow our heads. You guys stay standing. I'd really like to pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for our incredible year 12s and the role they play in part of our youth group. Jesus, we just lift up this um, next season for them. Lord, may you really motivate them, help them get done what they need to get done, Jesus, and open those doors that you want them to go through. May you guide their footsteps as they're making decisions in this next chapter of their lives, Jesus, and may they constantly keep their gaze fixed on you. In your name, amen. Thank you, year 12s. All right, so let's kick this off. There are things in life that we're good at. Everyone in here is good at something, whether it's encouraging others, sport, art, maths, knowing all of the Pokemon, English, science, video games, Valorant. There are things in life that we can confidently say I'm good at that. Turn to the person next to you and tell them something you are good at. You are good at. All right, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back in. Thanks, friends. I hope you are all able to share something that you feel you're pretty good at. Me, I'm pretty good at English. I'd want to be, considering I'm a year 12 English teacher, and you thought I wouldn't mention it. Joke's on you. I'm also decently strong, and I'm pretty good at baking muffins. If you're not sure what you're good at, someone else may be able to tell you, and whoever just asked how much I can lift, at least 65 kilos. For example, my husband Tim, where is he? Where's he gone? Outside, right. Now we can say all the things. No. Um, so someone else might be able to tell you what you're good at. For example, my husband, Tim, he's really good at painting. He's a terrific cat dad. He's really good at parallel parking. I mean, how? And also, guys, if you're lucky enough, he makes the best nachos. So there you go. So when we think of things we're good at, it's great. It gives us warm fuzzies, it encourages us, and it reminds us that we can do the things, which is pretty cool. But as much as I'd like to be, I'm not up here to talk to you about the warm fuzzies and the things that you're good at. We can, um, what I'd like to talk to us about is what we're not good at and owning this. 
oh, it got much quieter. No one really wants to talk about what they're not good at, what they find tricky or difficult. And sure, we can laugh about it, we can joke it off. I know I am not good at art. I cannot draw dolphins or horses or unicorns or anything that's not a cat. Um, I'm also not particularly good at maths. So last week I was cooking a roast dinner and on the um, outside of this roast that we bought from Aldi, it said it needed to be in the oven for one hour per kilogram. However, the meat itself only weighed 0.7 of a kilogram, so 700 grams, and this was not a kilogram, and I freaked out. I texted my cousin, who was a specialist maths teacher, and asked him how long I needed to put the pork in the oven for. Turns out it was 42 minutes. To be fair, I had tried to Google it, but it was really hard to find. Like, I didn't know how to do this, so I was not good at this. So there are things in your life that you're not good at. Maybe they don't come as easily as other things. So we don't work on them as much. How much more do you feel you get done when you're working on something you enjoy? that you're good at, that you see progress in. For me, this is stretching. So I went to my myotherapist earlier this week, which is kind of like a cross between a physio and a remedial masseuse. And she had uh, some very serious words to tell me about how I needed to incorporate stretching into my um, workout routine. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but um, outside of my school life, I'm actually a dancer. It's what I do for fitness, it's what I do for fun, and I compete. And for me, strength training has actually been a huge part of this, and I love it. For those of you who are here at our face stand camp, I will happily do crunches, burpees, push-ups, and drive you all into the ground. But I'll get up at 5.30 in the morning to train, to get my cardio in, and I work really hard at this. But stretching? No. And as a result, my flexibility is rubbish. And it actually holds me back from doing some of the things I'd like to be able to do. I struggle to find the motivation. And then I start telling myself things like, oh, it's boring, I don't want to stretch, or I'd rather be strong. Maybe I'm just not meant to be flexible. And I really should be looking in the mirror as I'm telling you guys this because I need to hear it. These are excuses for not working on something that I'm not good at. These excuses that I'm making are holding me back from where I'd like to be. I know that realistically, I'll never be the most flexible person in the room, but that doesn't mean that working on it won't make a difference in my life. So I want to take this idea outside of fitness and look at, it, look at it in another area of our life. Maybe something you're not great at is a particular subject at school. You might never be the best maths, English, or science student, but you can be better off than where you are right now. And believe it or not, this is going to make a difference later in life. 
whether it's knowing how long to cook a roast for without having to text your cousin, or reading and understanding documents and other contracts that you'll be required to look at. I want to take this even further. Maybe something you're not good at is sticking to what you say you'll do. You promise to do something or be somewhere, and somehow time gets away from you, and what you said would happen doesn't. Or maybe you're not good at encouraging others. Sure, you might have a super sharp comeback and the wittiest comment for every situation, but genuine heartfelt encouragement doesn't come easily to you. Or maybe it's reaching out to friends. Maybe something you're not good at is texting your friends and organizing a time to catch up or just letting them know that you're thinking of them. And it's really easy. At this point, it is easy to say, I'm not good at maths or science or English or I'm just a bad friend or oh, I'm a terrible person. And really, friends, it's super easy to say these things and just shrug. And it's easy because it's a cop-out. And for those of you who don't know what a cop-out means, it means to avoid doing something that you should do. Hooray, new vocab. All right. I want to challenge you tonight and say that that, that attitude is not enough. While it's definitely a start to identify these areas in our lives that we're not good at, it's not enough to own them. We need to be willing to work on these areas. We need to be willing to work at it, knowing that it's not going to be easy, knowing that it is going to be tough, and also knowing that no matter how hard you work at it, you might not be the best at it in the room. Working at something that we are already good at is called a hobby or a passion. Working at something we know that we are not good at or need improvement in, this is called discipline, friends. And I'd like to bring you something from the Bible to really reinforce this idea. So here at Gateway Youth, we believe that the Bible is God's word to us. It underpins who we are, not just as a youth group or church, but it is also the core of who we are as Christians, as people. In Hebrews 12, 11, it tells us that no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a time of peaceful harvest, of right living for those who are trained in this way. Discipline requires us to consciously choose to work on that part of ourselves that needs work. It asks us to continue, to persevere, even when it's hard, even when it sucks, and even when it feels like we're not actually making progress. Because the thing about progress, friends, is that it will happen. Each step you take, each moment you spend working on something hard, adds up. It all counts. So this sounds pretty simple, right? We're going to identify what we're good at, and then we're just going to get better at it. Not quite. 
Those of you who have ever needed to plan for anything will know what I'm talking about. You can't just cross your fingers and hope something will happen. You have to plan for it. For example, you can't just hope that you'll pass that math test that's coming up. You have to study for it. And more than that, you have to plan to study because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Some of us have heard that before. Let's hear it again. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. You, you need a plan. You need, you need to work out how to use your time, how much money to save if you're working towards a goal, but you need a plan. Tim and I are in the process of building a house, which is really exciting. Woo! But for us, this meant planning. We needed to work out how much money we needed to save each week and we needed to stick to this plan. That took saying no to things. That took discipline. You must have a plan, and then you also need the discipline to stick to it. And I see you. I see those of you who are great at making plans and not so great at sticking to them. You need to get someone alongside you, a youth leader, a mentor, someone who will help you and keep you accountable, someone who will ask you hard questions and help with this discipline aspect. Because doing things we are good at is easy. Doing things that we struggle with takes discipline. And friends, you can do hard things. So here is my three-step plan. You ready? Yeah. Are you ready for the three-step plan? Because I have a plan. All right, here we go. Step one, first thing you need to do, you need to identify what you're bad at. You need to be able to go, you know what? I'm not great at this in my life or this part of my life, this needs some work. You need to be able to identify and be really honest with yourself about what needs work in your life. The second thing you need to do is make a plan. Maybe you need to plan to take time out of your week. Maybe you need to plan to make sure you're saving money or spending time with particular friends or putting things in your calendar that are important. And step three, you need to follow through. You need to have the discipline to do what you say you'll do. So number one, we identify what we're bad at. Number two, we make a plan to move forward. And number three, we follow through. We have discipline to stick to what we said we'll do. And one of the best ways to stick to what we say we'll do is to tell someone else about it. Get other people on board. If you want to make a plan to read your Bible, bring other people in with you. If your plan is, you know what, my prayer life needs some work. I need to pray more. This is somewhere I want to grow. Tell someone, tell a youth leader, get people alongside you to support you. So I'd really like to pray for you guys now. 
we can close our eyes and bow our heads. Lord, thank you. Thank you for creating each of us with our own unique abilities and passions. Thank you for the things we're good at, the passions that you've given us. But tonight, Lord, I'd like to pray for us in those areas that we're not so good at, the things we struggle with or the things that we avoid. Jesus, help us identify these areas in our lives that need attention. Help us embrace the hard things. We pray for hearts that are disciplined and actions that will follow through with our plans. We know that in you, in your son, Jesus Christ, we can do all things, even the hard things. In your name, amen.